Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us for today's version of the program. And you can always find our audio-only portions over at pathtozion.com. And of course, you can find all of our videos here on our YouTube channel, um, of course. Um, and if you want to reach out to us via email, you can always do so at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have just concluded a... Path of the Suffering Servant series, and um, it was a couple parts, and I was just basically sharing a little bit of my personal testimony over the last several days about something Father was leading me into, and I, I referenced it then as this this threshold understanding of of moving me through into what we just would call the the deeper places that He desires to take us, and that that inner posture of our heart to to just surrender and 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 say yes. Um, whether verbal or just something in our innermost places or both. Um, just finding that place in us to say, Father, whatever your ways are, yes and amen. And then help me via Holy Spirit in walking with my eyes locked on my Messiah who, who went before me to show me the way. Please help me to find what you call um, right and good and, and pleasing in all these things. And so uh, I enjoyed talking about that, and uh, it's, it's, I find it very encouraging, I guess, uh, because all of us, whether presently or coming about soon in our lives, are in a, in a, in a season of pressing and trials. And unless we avoid them, avoid them entirely and are thereby, thereby deemed what? Disobedient. Because as we discussed, and we won't go over it entirely again, but... If Yeshua the Son learned obedience through the things that he suffered, then we in his likeness and pattern must do likewise, or we will not be obedient ourselves. How can we be? We, we cannot. Today I want to share something that's very interesting, and it's very new. Um, I, I am doing a Passover study currently to um, present in a few days here at our home to a gathering that is incrementally growing by the minute. Um if you don't have anywhere to go and you would like to come, you know, reach out to us and let us know. We're all over Facebook. Well, we're not all over, but we have, you know, Facebook uh, conversations and uh, can be discovered that way or via the email address I already gave you if you want to join us here. Why not? We're at the point, of, you know, let's, let's just let's fill the whole 10 acres that we own here. Um, <laughs> so if you want to do that and you're looking for somewhere to find a place to land, and to maybe ask questions or just be around people who have a tiny bit of understanding towards a matter, you know, this is a good place to do that. Um, but I am in the middle of this Passover study, and I have been for probably a good solid seven to ten days now. Like, I'm in, in. And it's, it's going to have to be taken from the size of, of, of the earth down to a little more bite-sized pieces very quickly. Um, which I don't do well, by the way, in case you've not noticed. But somehow in all that, and, and I was I jumped over and I was doing some some studying into another text that I won't even mention because then I'll get distracted towards it. And yesterday morning, somehow my my wife and I were just I'm on the whiteboard and I'm drawing out all these things. We're trying to figure out the biblical calendar. How do we know? Is there a way to know uh, uh, of good valid issues, questions, concerns? Um, and so we we are asking these questions. And we said, well, let's start simple. Open the Bible, 
read what we see in it, base it out, and say, okay, Father, how do we find wisdom towards the, the, the intricacies that you did tell us? The, the facts, the signs, the, you know, all these things. Um, and so, of course, we were in Genesis chapter 1. Of course. And so, as I'm just reading Genesis chapter 1, I went back and I started reading it again, and I just stopped at verse 3. And and in the middle of our studies, and and the whole whiteboard was full, just covered with with images um, of what we believe the Bible tells us the earth would even look like, the footstool that is, is the Father's footstool that this earth is, and all these different things that we just personally believe presently. Um. And I'm writing out scriptures, and I'm pointing to this one, and I'm pointing to this one. I'm looking at credible options and, and options that are just man-made and, and tainted and can be altered by our own understanding and, and poor translation. And so we're trying to eliminate and add um, some components to figure out for us, for our household, what do we do and when, um, and more so the when, um, and and. But in the midst of that, I was literally just stopped in my tracks at Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And so I just started <laughs> journaling some thoughts towards it. Um, and then yesterday, my wife and I had this, this dialogue for about two hours of just, I'm just going to start out, I'm just going to start writing verses towards what I feel like the Spirit's saying. This is me just, ah, I can't get it out fast enough. My, my, my pen and paper are, are catching fire. And so we're doing that for a couple hours. And then we come home, and I, and I just continue. Boom, pick it right up. It's just kind of the season I'm in right now. It's wonderful. I, I pray it remains. It's up to me, you know. And so next thing you know, I'm on the computer. I'm typing. Flying fingers. I've got to get this in a form. And then, of course, what? It leads us here. And so what I want to do today is just present to you what I titled... Let there be light, exclamation point. Let there be light, okay? And I want to, I want to, I want to do what I just love doing, which is take a verse that we know that we've heard our whole lives and that we've read, and maybe we've gained understanding towards in this facet or in this facet or in multifacets, and draw out another, because I love to talk about these things. I love it. This should breathe life into our being. This should change us. This should be what we are most enamored by, captivated with. This right here. This should be what we were told when you rise up and when you lie down and everything in between is somehow intricately connected to the eternal scriptures of Yahweh, Elohim. This should be our life. This should be what we do when our children play. This is, I mean, instruction-based and, and counsel-based and, and, and the laws, the laws that, the, that, that David said, I love your law. I love your ways, Father. They are, they are good to the soul. They give lo- all these things. Life-giving. Now, <laughs> these, when, when everything that we face and we can line up all these things on a board that we do in our lives, work, hobbies, child-rearing, loving our spouses, um, and then move into the body outside of our own homes, uh, how we love the brothers, how we prefer one another, how we lay down our lives for them, 
how we help teach them, train them, counsel them, how we receive training and counsel and teaching from them. All these things, friend, there is more than enough to take our entire lives up, use up our time, that all points to this. Now, I'm a hard line. I know that. I am just forget soccer tournaments and forget football games and forget this and forget that. That's all passing away. This will remain. That's how I am. I don't put that on everyone else anymore. Yet we still, I would say, I believe it's, it's okay to say, we should be more enamored with our lives being geared towards adding biblical knowledge and counsel into all of the circumstances of our life. I don't think that's too much of a stretch or too much to ask for us who say we're trying to walk in Messiah's footsteps. So today, I want to talk about this, and, and this there are at least, I count them real quick before I got on the air, 22 verse references that I'm going to read in this um, series. It will probably be two parts, unless I move really quickly. I move quickly, but I add too much content, but, you know, that's just be what it is. Um, I've got a click out of this here real quick. I don't know what that popped up there. Sorry for the distraction. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Let's go ahead and start reading. Yahweh said, Let there be light. And there was light. Yahweh saw that this light that he created was good. It was tov. So Yahweh distinguished the light from the darkness. And he called the light day. In the darkness he called night. So there was evening and there was morning one day. So here we are very, very, at the, at the very beginning of creation, day one. And, and Yahweh is, is at work. He, he's beginning his creative miracles, his creative works. He says, let there be light. And guess what? Poof, there was light. Just like that, he spoke it into existence. And he saw that it was tov. Now this this word light in Hebrew specifically is or, O-R. It's very simple to remember and actually even easy to say. And so then, then Yahweh makes this distinguish, um, this, this, this distinguishing of light from darkness. And he calls one the light that he created day and the darkness night. And there's the first day. There's evening, there's morning. Now, now let's just be clear, and we're going to move along through this part and get to a ton more Bible verses. But you realize, because this just this is this is simple yet needs needs just brought out. There is no sunshine, okay? Because in our minds here in in this age that we live in, so far removed from anything other than everything that's right around us and what we live in, you say light, you think daylight, or you think artificial light. We, when we hear the word light. Think of something that this was not. I would like to make that clear. We're not talking about light as we know it, okay? We're not talking about the light of the sun or of the moon or of the stars, the luminaries. I'm not a, I'm not a, a proponent of, of science and what they have taught us that, that space entails and, and all that it is um, made up to be. I'm, I don't believe. I don't believe that. I don't believe it lines up with the Word of God. But these luminaries, if we study the Word of God for what it is, they are light bringers, light bearers. They're not just mere reflections of something that are 
12.7 bazillion light years away. Yeah, I don't I don't buy it. I believe I believe my father is near. I believe he's near to his creation. Um, but I won't get sidetracked on that. That's a whole other huge topic. But there is no sunshine now, okay? So when Yahweh speaks and there is light, there's something taking place, something something comes into place that is not something you and I know how to comprehend. First of all, are you okay with that? Are you all right with that? And so, so the text goes on. We have the expanse, the firmament, the fixing of the land and the sky. The waters are gathered, the mayim, the, the, the waters are moved about to their places. And it's interesting for you that don't know, and, and maybe, you know, again, I have to preface this. There are people that know so much more stuff about this than me, and I'm fine with that. But I'd like to share because there are many people I find like I've never heard that before in my life. And the Hebrew language is so in, incredibly complex and deep. It, I love talking about it because it it, it is... It's the language of God. <laughs> it's the language of my Father. It's the language of creation, to be specific. And so heavens, heavens itself is, is Shamayim, okay? And waters is Mayim. Well, it, so are the heavens water? Don't ask me. Read your Bible and study it out. <laughs> They're sure not what we've been told, but moving on. Then, on day three, we see uh, vegetation. Spring forth. Fruit trees, uh, they have seeds, you know, seed-bearing plants, they, they come into play. And Yahweh speaks them into existence, and they, of course, too, are tov, good. It's worth noting that throughout this, as I've already mentioned, but to be redundant, there's no sun now. There's no sun. Everything that is created, all, all the green plants and vegetation, the, the fruit trees and so on, is, is in that moment if nothing else, for a 24-hour period, at the very least, are being sustained by this mysterious light that Yahweh spoke and said, let there be light. And there's evening and morning, but again, no sun. Now fast forward to day four. Um, This begins in in verse 14, of course, of Genesis chapter 1. And Yahweh said, let lights in the expanse of the sky be for separating the day from the night. They will be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. They will be for lights in the expanse of the sky to shine upon the land. And it happened so. Then Yahweh made the two great lights, the greater light for dominion over the day, the sun, and the lesser light as well, the moon, as well as the stars for dominion over the night. Self-explanatory. Yahweh set them in the expanse of the sky to shine on the land and to have dominion over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. So they have a purpose. And Yahweh saw that this too was, of course, good. Verse 19, So there was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Now there are so many things just within the tiny bit we've read um, that are worth highlighting and talking about here. Um, Like verse 17, for example, um, (laughs) So Yahweh creates. I just I'm I just love talking about these things. <laughs> if you can just say, well, yeah, but like there's something beyond just like, of course, I know that. So Yahweh makes the sun and the moon. He he creates them. <laughs> and then in verse 17, and the stars as well. But then in verse 17, he sets them in their place. 
in the expanse of the sky. So if you, and maybe I'm just getting hung up on verbiage, and you can follow this through the original Hebrew text the best we know how, it would indicate that at, very, at the very least it's possible that Father created the sun, moon, and stars somewhere different than where he placed them. Now, is this just, does this matter? Not really, except that it expands my awe of my creator, Father. And so, is that a necessary thing? I would like to think so. So, he creates sun, moon, and stars, and then he picks them up, we'll say, and places them in their location. He moves them to their permanent abode. Where were they? <laughs> was he holding them in suspension um, in his hand? You know, did, did, was it all by the very word of his mouth and, and they moved to their set location? Which I'd like to add because I always bring this up. The sun, moon, and stars, I believe... Now, there are some intricacies because we know that the sun was stopped and there are some changes, if you will, some alterations made in, in, in Older Testament times. But apart from that... We can say with confidence that that the that the path and the 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 movement that the the sun, moon, and stars were given by Father have continued to this day in absolute complete obedience. Now I've talked before, and this this throws me into crazy land with people because they don't like talking about things that aren't just scientifically proven. Are you telling me that are you telling me that NASA is not telling me the truth? Well, I can just unequivocally with that say, well, of course they're not telling you the truth, but that's a whole other issue as well. But the, the, the Word of God talks about light bearers and light bringers and luminaries in a much different sense than just cosmic specks of rock just floating around on a cycle, of course, on a predetermined trajectory, if you will, but you know, they're just specks of nothingness out there. I don't buy that for one millisecond. Not that does not that does not point me to to the understanding of of what the Bible tells me about these these lights, the greater, the lesser, and the stars themselves. And so I always like to mention how creation is continuing on in its set um, determined boundaries. It's it's moving about, carrying about day, night, morning, and evening the way that Yahweh spoke it to when it was tov and good. Now, here comes man, <laughs> and we mess everything up, and we jump out of our pattern. We jump out of our purpose, and we just make our own way. We jump off the we 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 get derailed by by our depravity and and. And propensity to sin goes all the way back to the garden, of course. We looked and we saw something desirable and we had to partake of it and we ingest it and it taints us and it gets us what? Adam, where are you? Where are you? Why are you hiding yourself? I'm looking for you to have intimacy like like we have always done. And, and where in the world are you? Now, as I always like saying, Yahweh was not saying, I can't find you. Where are you hiding, Adam? He's not doing that. He's saying, we have always been echad. We have been one. And something's changed. Where are you? You're not here with me, son. Where have you gone? And off we go, and all the things we could go through in the timeline of history, known and unknown, about humanity's derailment into rebellion. 
But not so, I don't believe, with the luminaries. Now, there's some deeper things that we won't even touch on here that I do ask questions about in regards to um, just different things with, with angelic order and and falling and rebelling and all that, but that's a whole other thing. See how there's plenty of things to talk about um, in this incredible Word of God. But moving on, because, boy, we're getting nowhere. Um, so Yahweh, he creates these these two great lights, the greater and the lesser, as well as the stars, and he sets them in place. He puts them wherever he chooses. And I would like to say that's where they are today. Now, there's two things that I'd like to present, and we're going to move hard and heavy into the whole purpose of this. We're not just going to dissect chapter 1 and verse 3 for, for four hours. I want, to, I want to present two options, if you will, as to what this mysterious light might be. Because again, let there be light. And there was light. And that light sustained creation, even if momentary. It sustained life. What was it? What is it? Now, now before you rush to an answer, oh, I know, it's this. Just listen to what I'm going to present. And more importantly, all I'm really going to be reading is this. That's it. There's very, very little of my opinion or commentary towards these matters at all, written down anyway. So, this mysterious light. I'm going to propose two options, if you will, because there are several. There are several. Um, a, mom- a few moments of looking into other people's opinions and commentaries will, will reveal tons of options, if you will. I want to stick to two um, not limited to, but also including for absolute sure. But let, I, want to, I want to allow the Word of God to present you some ideas, and you decide what you would like to do with it. How's that? that that's, that's harmless, right? Yeshua and Torah. Now, now, many places in the Scripture, in both Testaments, we see an overlap of both lending to this. And, and so... This is so awesome. I had so much fun doing this, compiling these verses. I was just, I could not write fast enough. And then when I finally got to the computer, I couldn't type it out fast enough. It was just so awesome. I called my wife. Oh my gosh. I mean, anyway, so let's start with this. And then we're going to get into, oh my gosh, a laundry list of options that, that the Word of God tells us now. I believe we should know these things. I don't know. Luke chapter 2, verse 30 31 and 32. For my eyes have seen your Yahweh's Yeshua. Remember, Yeshua is salvation, which is why his name matters. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the nations in the glory of your people, Israel. So here we have a light. And it's a light for revelations to the what? To the goyim, to the nations, to the scattered ones all throughout the whole earth, the Gentiles. Same verbiage, different words for the same, for the nations. And there's this light for revelation that has been prepared and that that was written down and it was in Yahweh's Yeshua, in his salvation. Acts chapter 13, verse 47, For Yahweh has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light 
for the Gentiles, that you may bring Yeshua to the ends of the earth. For Yahweh has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, for the Goyim, for the nations. We have to be redundant. That you may bring Yeshua to the ends of the earth. So let's look at some Yeshua verses in light of this question. When, When Yahweh Creator said, let there be light, what is it? What was the light that sustained creation and seemed sufficient to hold all things together, again, even if, even if momentary? And this is all going to come to a beautiful culmination here um, when we conclude this very short series. So here's Yeshua. Let's just kind of look and let's just poke around at some verses following patterns about light, okay? As a man named Shaul was traveling, he was approaching Damascus. So you're already, you're already tracking. You know you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Suddenly, a great light from heaven flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying his name, Shaul. Shaul, why are you persecuting me? He says, who are you, Lord? I am Yeshua, whom you are persecuting. And to be clear, from Genesis to Revelation, Yeshua is saying, I am salvation. I am salvation. And he was revealing himself to this man. How? As a great light from heaven that flashed around him. And we know blinded him, caused blindness. Now, now, right before the well-known verse that, that speaks of Messiah, stating, for, for unto us a child is born, a son will be given, um, and the government will be upon his shoulder, we read this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness will see a great light. Okay, so please, please follow along with what I'm saying. And just stop even and ask for the Father to give you spiritual eyes to see what I'm saying. Because otherwise, these are just words. But, but if Holy Spirit can breathe life into our study, into our understanding, into our ears that even listen and process it correctly, I believe it's possible for you to have the same experience that I have had, which is, oh my gosh, the Word of God is true. And it's all connected from beginning to end with no separation whatsoever. So again, after this unto us a child is born and a son will be given, if we continue reading, which is always a good habit to have with the Bible, Isaiah 9-2 says the people walking in darkness will see a great light. Huh. Kind of sounds like many encounters of individuals in the Word of God and perhaps hopefully ourselves as well. Upon those dwelling in the land of the shadow of death, light will shine. You will multiply the nation. You will increase the joy. They will rejoice before you like the joy in the harvest. Okay, Isaiah is chock full of verses about light, making this connection. Another one is um, Isaiah 51 verse 4. We see a lot of talk of the future Zion, a lot of the millennial kingdom reign, um, discussion, um, what will what will be? Um, he saw a lot of what will transpire in that age of these coming prophesied prophesied ages that are yet before us. 
And so here's one specifically in verse 4 of chapter uh, 51 in Isaiah um, of this future Zion where Messiah reigns as king. Quote, pay attention to me, my people. Give ear to me, my nation. For Torah will go out from me, my justice as a light to the peoples. Here we are again. The pattern remains. The goyim, the nations, this, this, this light This justice will go as a light out to the Goyim Gentile people. And Torah will simultaneously go out from Yahweh himself. And again, this is the future now. This is a prophesied age. This was not Isaiah's, like, tomorrow prophecy. Like, tomorrow, thus saith the Lord. And it continues, My righteousness is near. My Yeshua... (laughs) My salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the nations. They will judge the goyim, the peoples. So here we have this light to all the people, his father's justice, and his Torah will go out from him. And it will bring two things. It will bring Yeshua, salvation, and Judgment to the nations, both. Verse 8 of Isaiah 58, now it kicks off this incredible revealing of what what will be as well. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you, the glory of Yahweh as your rear guard. So here we are again, this light is present and breaking forth, and, and it's a... This is, this is specific now. This is specific unto a people, as I'm always saying often. Continues on. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations and will be called repairer of the breach, restorer of streets for dwelling. If you turn back your foot from Shabbat, from Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and if you call Shabbat a delight... The holy day of Yahweh honorable, if you honor it, not going your own way, not seeking your own pleasure, nor speaking your usual speech, then, if you, then, you will delight yourself in Yahweh, and I will let you ride over the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your father, Jacob, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. What in the world? Do you see the verbiage still? That is Isaiah chapter 58. More prophecy of Yeshua's coming kingdom in Yahweh's Torah, light, righteousness, um, his salvation reigning in it is found in Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of Yahweh has risen upon you. For behold, darkness covers the earth. Sound familiar? Genesis 1-3. Same condition. Darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness covers the peoples. Okay, here we are again. Friend, are you seeing what I'm presenting? The same creation timeline description is present in a prophesied age by Isaiah in chapter 60 specifically. But he says what? Now, Darkness covers the earth, and even deep darkness covers the Goyim nations. It covers the people. But, 
Arise, shine, your light has come. Yahweh will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light. We have a whole long way to go, but surely by now you're seeing what I'm presenting. Goyim nations, the Gentiles, will come to your light. What is this light? Kings will come to the brilliance of your rising. Lift up your eyes and look all around. They gather, they come to you. Your sons will come from far away. Your daughters carried on the hip. Please listen to this light language. <laughs> In the gathering of the nations, the prophecy becoming fulfilled of the ingathering of all the scattering of the nations that Yahweh did because of their harlotry and rebellion. What I talked about in the full gospel series in measure. And then you will see Shaul, light, seeing, revelation. What will you see? You will, well, first you'll see and you'll be radiant. Okay, and, and, and I would say again, more light language. And your heart will throb and swell with joy. To me, this is yet another of the endless lists of Jeremiah 33 references. <laughs> Covenant verbiage. Those in Zion can see their Yeshua. Full of light. And even, even further, our hearts will swell with joy. Why? <laughs> because Father's Torah is written upon our hearts, like the prophecy said. As I said in the last episode, I believe, in the last series, the biggest change, if you will, from New Covenant to Old Covenant is location. <laughs> but this beautiful Torah of our Father will be written upon our hearts as we lose ourselves into the identity of the awesome Son. Yeshua, <laughs> salvation. And it will be our light. Yeshua will be our light in Zion as he rules and reigns in his perfect governmental kingdom order. So, Yahweh said, let there be light. We've just barely touched a little bit on what that might be. Do we see it in Yeshua? You better believe we do. Part two, Torah. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to just not going to talk about it like, what do you think? I don't know, what do you think? Well, this is what I think. No, we're going to read the scriptures, capital S. We're going to read it, and it's going to tell us what is and what is not. So you're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Praise the Father. It is good. It breathes life into my inner man. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing why in the world I exist and why I was regenerated and born again through the blood of my Messiah. It's incredible. I hope you know that, friend. You can find us online 24-7 at pathdesign.com. Like, subscribe, share, all the stuff with the videos. You know what to do. And as I said at the beginning, email us if you would like. Podcast at gmail.com is the place to do it. Coming right back with part two of Let There Be Light right after this. <laughs> 